What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 32 of the Unconventionally Arab podcast. I'm your host, Sadalessa, and thank you guys so much for joining. Um, on this episode, I'm going to go right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you've been following the podcast, you know that the last few episodes I've been discussing what's been going on in Palestine and, you know, shedding light on the matter and, and giving you guys my two cents on what's been going on. And I hope you guys followed and, and, and you know, uh, took initiative on the matter because I truly do believe like what I want to discuss today is how I am learning from my mistake of being comfortable. And I don't know if, if that makes sense right off the bat, but let me explain. Right now, I'm an immigrant in the United States of America, right? And I have applied for many, many, many visas or work permits to work in the United States, and they've all been rejected so far, uh, with one of them being rejected most recently in the last few weeks. And there's nothing more devastating than living somewhere for 10 years, <clears throat> getting three degrees, pursuing a higher education, um, you know, giving U.S. citizens jobs in whatever ventures um, I, I did at the time when it was legal after. Uh, graduating each degree and um, paying my taxes on time and doing everything by the book to only find out that things are being denied and things are, you know, doors are being closed, especially when you want to live somewhere because that's where you believe um, you're more in line with achieving your goals. And I say that because before moving to the United States of America, I didn't really understand what immigration entailed, the difficulties of being an immigrant living in a country that's not yours amongst people that don't speak your language, let alone um, understand your culture, let alone you understanding their culture completely. And I know that we live in a modern world where people know a little bit of everything, but they also don't know a lot about a lot of things, especially where other people are from. And I say that because to this day, it's 2021, I still meet people in America who have no idea where Kuwait is, who think it's an island in Hawaii, or they say, oh, uh, the Middle East, Kuwait, that, that's dangerous. How did you survive that? I'm like, what are you referring to? There is no war in Kuwait at all. What are you guys talking about? And I say all of this because it kind of all comes and ties into the situation that we're dealing with today. And before I, I go into the point that I'm trying to make, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if I didn't live here, I wouldn't understand the struggles of the foreigners that are working in Kuwait very well. Like right now, my empathy has grown so much into understanding and appreciating foreign workers in Kuwait, whether in any department or industry, and how certain laws in Kuwait don't really help foreign workers and actually hinder their growth and progress. Like, for example, we just had a law passed. I don't know if it's a law or they were suggesting it, to be honest. I'm not going to, I don't want to um, lie to you guys. But I saw it really quickly uh, in the news and they're like, oh, if you're a foreign worker living in Kuwait at 60 years old, you're not able to re-apply um, for a work visa. And that's pretty much the age in which you're no longer, um, let's say, useful for society, which honestly is heartbreaking because if you think about it, there are people who have spent 20, 30 years working in Kuwait, let alone have created families in Kuwait, let alone have had uh, employers that love them and built a relationship with them and trust them. Um, and so kind of it puts a cap on how much you can feel as part of a society that you've given so much to and vice versa, how much of uh, a relationship you can build with someone, but then they reach the age of 60 and now you're like, oh, I can no longer sponsor you to work here because the law says that at 60, you got to go. And that's bullshit. And I know that a lot of people and activists are fighting that in Kuwait. Um, and it's unfortunate. But I say all of that because I now understand what that feels like. 
if I didn't live in the United States and if I didn't have three visas denied, I don't know if I would have completely comprehended the magnitude of such law. And I'm not saying you can't. I just don't know if I would feel the same way. Like the frustration that I have towards my visa in the United States has definitely helped me understand how much it sucks for foreigners all over the world to try to stay and live in a country and try to aim to be seen as equal or given an equal opportunity, especially when the intention is pure and has nothing but giving to the community and society that you live in, whether you're fleeing uh, uh, a political issue, whether you're, 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 you're just leaving for a better opportunity to, to provide for your family. I'm just discussing honorable reasons that you would want to leave a country to pursue something better for yourself and those that you love. And I think that's the world we should aim to strive to live in, one that offers opportunities for everyone around the world to come and work. And, you know, and especially not, of course, I know that it costs, that there, there's definitely a downside to that. For example, I know that there's an incentive for different governments to, you know, push companies into hiring local uh, or, or citizens of the nation first because you don't want high in unemployment rates. That's not what I'm discussing. What I'm discussing is I hope that we achieve um, a world that, offers the opportunity for people to seek growth in different nations and, and give them an equal opportunity or shot at doing something better for themselves and their families abroad if they're coming from places that are underprivileged or have hardships. Or, for example, uh, if someone like me is trying to do stand-up comedy in, from a country where stand-up comedy is pretty much non-existent or doesn't offer the same opportunities as doing it in the United States. I say all that, ladies and gentlemen, because I want to get to a point. When I watched the news today and I was reading some articles, I saw that there was a hate crime that was done in Canada um, of um, an individual who, you know, pretty much hit uh, a Muslim family. And to be honest, I just saw the headline. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't even want to look into it anymore because he killed uh, four family members. And what was left is a nine-year-old, I think, nine-year-old or seven-year-old. and. What really bothered me, and the reason I didn't continue to read the article, is they struggled to, to label the individual that committed the hate crime. And what I'm trying to say is if this was a Muslim or brown person that committed the hate crime, the headline would have said, Muslim Jihadi Terrorist. And I have a joke about the same situation in my short comedy special that's on YouTube, on this channel, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, about how the New Zealand, New Zealand mosque shooter went into a mosque in New Zealand and shot Muslims while they were praying, while on Facebook Live. Uh, and then the um, Daily Press Australia labeled it as uh, shooter was bullied uh, as a child for being fat, and it just spiraled into a violent adulthood because of video games that he played to, to express his frustration, which is complete bullshit. Because if any other minority or, or let's be specific, uh, a brown or Muslim man committed that crime, the media would have no problem whatsoever connecting the religion, Islam, connecting uh, the word terrorist to that individual, and just publishing it that way. And so if ha no one has done it, I'm going to go ahead and say it, that the person that hit these Muslim people is a terrorist and should be labeled as terrorist and criminal. Um, and I'm so sorry for those that have lost their loved ones there because of that hate crime. And I'm sorry for anyone that has lost a, a, um, a beloved person for a hate crime. It doesn't matter what cause or what reason. Nothing justifies killing innocent people. Nothing at all. All right? It sucks. And we have to put an end to it right now. And now, finally, I'm getting to why I'm doing this episode. is because I honestly am sick and tired of seeing 
Muslims and Arabs be criticized for behavior that they don't stand behind, but other people doing crimes and not paying the price for it, if that makes sense. And it all comes back to the fact that we as a society and as people, for the most part, have lost empathy and have become so desensitized towards other people's suffering because we see so much of it and because we haven't been through it, right? It's like, I feel like we see so much negativity on social media and the news that we've become accustomed to people dying, people going through hate crimes, people suffering, people going through a revolution in their countries. And we just sit in our comfort uh, of our homes, in the comfort of our homes, and go, ah, that sucks. And then we move on with our day. And I've seen that, especially now with the Palestinian situation, because I've been discussing a lot and posting a lot about what's happening in Palestine. And a lot of my followers, and I said that on the last episode, have, been, have decided not to watch my stories, not want to dig in, not want to dig deeper, not want to um, uh, look into the matter. Whether or not you believe in the Palestinian cause, whether or not you believe they have the right to self-determination, that's not the question. I'm just inviting everyone to take a look and decide for yourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, there's always two truths to any situation, and there's always bias in media. But the amount of bias that Muslims and, and, and brown people and black people have been suffering from, the fact that they're not able to get their voices heard, is costing us all. It's coming to an end. This is not a way to move forward, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. The propaganda machine has to stop. And it's our responsibility collectively to stop it. It's our responsibility collectively to stop it. If I see a Kuwaiti article that says, uh, Jewish people, blah, 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 I'm going to be like, that's bullshit. You cannot put all Jewish people under one umbrella because of that person or uh, Israeli settler that killed uh, Palestinians. It's an Israeli settler that is armed that killed Palestinians. You can't throw all Jewish people under that article or under that bus. And vice versa, the same applies for, for anyone. And it's our collective responsibility because if we want world peace, if we want to move forward, if we want a future for our future generations, our kids, our grandkids, that is safe and has equality and justice for all, we have to look within and look back at our history. We have to identify what have we been ignoring. I was doing some research and I, and I saw that Thomas Jefferson described the native Indians in the Declaration of Independence as savages. Savage beasts. That's not okay. And of course, when we look at it now, we look back and we're like, that's, that's pretty bad. That's not something we should have been okay with and that's something, not something we should have allowed. When I interviewed Michael Scherzer, my friend, stand-up comic and Jewish-American activist, he said, the reason I scream loud for the Palestinian people is because I wish someone was screaming as loud when Hitler was in power, when the, the, the oppression of Jews began in Germany, in Nazi Germany. I wonder how much it would have helped at the time, and I wonder why people were so quiet and silent. So why is it okay now to be silent and turn a blind eye on the Palestinian people? 
And it drives me nuts because I talk to people like, you know, uh, indigenous people suffered everywhere. America was once colonized. Uh, uh, Canada was colonized. Australia was colonized. No shit, Sherlock. And guess who's supporting Israel the most? America, Canada, and Australia. Three countries that completely eradicated their indigenous people in order to build whatever democracy they believe. And that's not a justification at all. Who uses past genocide to justify today's genocide? If anything, it's our responsibility, living in America, living in Canada, living in Australia, to point out other issues and other genocides and say, hey, enough, and, 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 and tell our governments, hey, we've done enough damage. I know I sound uh, heated. It's because it's, I am heated, and it's pretty hot in this room. You know, I was listening to Noam Chomsky talk about uh, the biased media. Like, for example, um, he said, I dare anyone to find an article in Western media, or specifically in America, that says the United States invasion of Iraq. It doesn't. He's the only one that ever described it as that, and it was on Democracy Now! because he's a writer on that website. And that gave me like a wake-up call. I'm like, that's crazy. Because everyone else around the world considers it an invasion of Iraq. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying all of this is because if we want a better future for ourselves, if we want to better the future of our nations, it starts with criticizing our own leaders and ourselves. You know, like when George Floyd's situation um, happened, may he rest in peace, and I went to a BLM protest, I didn't go to every protest, but I wish I did. I didn't read every article, but I wish I did. It's my responsibility too, as someone who lives in America, it's my responsibility too, as a human first and foremost, to understand the struggles of others. Because there is no way forward so long as we're ignoring the struggles of others because it doesn't cost us anything. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, it costs us something. And if it's not today, it's tomorrow. We're all in like a pressure cooker. And everything we ignore is creating more and more pressure. And one day it's going to blow in our faces. The voices we ignore today are the voices we deal with tomorrow. Right now, certain people around the world are screaming for help, and it's our duty to help them. And if we can't help them, it's our duty to direct the right people to help them, to shed light, to be a voice for them, to be a bridge of their voice to our nations, our leaders, whatever we can get to help. I don't know much about the, the Kashmir issue, but guess what I'm doing this week? I'm reading more about it, and I'm going to look into it. Because everyone's struggle is our struggle as, as a species first. That's the only way we can move forward. If I'm only worried about my visa in the United States and not giving a shit about the laws that are discriminating against foreign workers in Kuwait, guess what does that say about me? We have to collectively work on a better future, even if it creates cognitive dissonance, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable because we're criticizing our own people and our own nations and our own governments. Ladies and gentlemen, what is happening in Palestine is an ethnically, cleansing, uh, an, an ethnically cleansed operation to eradicate the Palestinians. There are 7 million Palestinian refugees around the world. What does that say about the Israeli government? We're all in this together, ladies and gentlemen, because if one of us falls, eventually we all fall. The future 
is in our hands. Do we want to move to a better future or do we want to continue to carry the bullshit that we've been believing and carrying with us throughout these years? When COVID happened and the government here was like, wear masks, there were so many protests, tyranny and tyranny and tyranny this. And now when the Palestinian people are like, hey, we can't even get to the next block without getting a permit. I can't go see my family in the West Bank because they're under military occupation. I am uh, arrested illegally and accused of, of, um, of um, crimes that I've never committed, and I have no way to, to express my voice. People are being dispossessed in Silwan right now. Right now, as I'm recording this, they are given a choice. Do you want to uh, demolish your own home, or do you want to pay $28,000 for the Israeli government to take it down? And if you don't do one or the other, you go to jail and face uh, a fine. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. And here we are in the comfort of our own homes, uh, deciding what issues we want to give a shit about because these are the issues that affect us. All these issues affect us, ladies and gentlemen. All of these issues affect us. And I know you might not think what I'm saying makes sense, but it does. When you look back at history, it does. It all catches up to us. Native Americans in America are still trying to buy back land, still fighting for their rights. Black people are still fighting for equality. Asians were dealing with hate crimes because of a flu, of a, of a virus, excuse me. The coronavirus, because of hate speech that was done by who? Our own leaders, our own governments, our own media. It's our responsibility collectively to create a safe place for everyone in this world. And it starts by criticizing ourselves and our governments and holding them accountable, ladies and gentlemen. I am inviting you to look at anything you've looked past in the past because it didn't affect you and start digging deeper. Trust me, it's the only way forward. That was a long rant. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm thirsty again. And I hope this made sense. I really do. This is episode 32 of the Unconventionally Arab podcast. Um, yeah, it's available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Uh, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, please hit the like button if you liked it. If you didn't, hit the dislike button. Regardless, engage. Uh, share it with someone that you think needs to hear this. If not, it's okay. I understand. We all have different things that we like and respect. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in once again. And uh, until next Wednesday, my name is Sara Lessa and you guys have been great.